0: Started and grown several multi million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time.
1: Well, I think where a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is their notion of what selling is, the definition of selling. They've probably been exposed to sales books and movies and the old sales gurus, just people out there who teach selling. And there's certain myths that are still being taught that holds entrepreneurs back. One is, you'll know this one, I'm sure from your experience, is that sales is supposedly a numbers game. The more doors you knock on, the more contacts you make equals the more sales you make. Well, we discovered in this economy now, it's not how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Alan. I'm a family man, an attorney, and an entrepreneur. Each week, we provide resources and advice to help build your business. Are you ready? Then let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show today. I'm excited to bring another expert onto the show. His name is Ari Galper. And Ari is the author of, check this book out, Unlock the Sales Game and also The One Call Sell. He's been featured in CEO Magazine, Forbes, CNN, Sky News, and the Australian Financial Review. He resides in Australia. And so we're just really excited to have him today, excited to learn about his expertise, which is obviously sales, right? Right. And focus on how that helps the early entrepreneur. So, welcome to the show, Ari. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. So, tell us, how did you become this sales guru? Like, don't give me the background of that.
1: Well, real briefly, public coffee accent from the U.S. originally, originally from California. I met my wife on a dating site like 20 years ago. This is pre-swiping. She's from Sydney. Was working in Los Angeles. We met in California, and then came out here, and then got married, and been here ever since. Three kids later. So that's kind of how I got here. But there is sort of a story behind how I came up with this concept. If you want, I can walk, I can walk through it if you
0: like. Let's do it. Let's yeah, let's go through some of that and just kind of hear. I, I love hearing people's stories. I love to hear about how they got into things and because usually there's some passion behind a story. So
1: definitely, definitely. Let's hear it. <laughs> definitely before this one. So before I came out here, I was a sales manager in a software company. We launched the first online website data collection tools for websites. It's called Google Analytics now to track stats on websites. But back then, we launched the first one, a fast-growing business. I was managing 18 people underneath me, salespeople. And all the leads that were big opportunities came across my desk first. So I got this one inbound call, picked the phone up, and uh, talked to this guy. He's with a big company, lots of websites. And he agreed to a conference call and a demo to see our product. And if I closed this one sale, Alan, it would double the revenue in one transaction. That's how big it was. It was a huge opportunity. So the wow. day finally came Friday, four o'clock in the afternoon, I was in my conference room with my CEO, closed door behind me, big long conference table. In the middle of the table is the old school speaker phones, you know, the three legs on it, start yeah. track with yeah. the speaker phones. And uh-huh. so I hit the dial tone and I called the number he gave me, he picks it up. He's like, hey Ari, how's it going? I said, good. And he says to me, Ari, let us tell you who's in the room with us today. And I was like, oh, didn't there be someone else there. Next thing I hear is, my name's Chris, I'm CEO. I was like, oh, this is good. My name is John. I'm head of global IT. This is even better. My name is Julia. I'm head of marketing. This is amazing. I mean, everybody on this call was a decision maker, right? Right. It's going to happen. It's going to happen now because they're all there. Then we logged into the web and I I introduced myself. Then I showed them, them a web demo of our product on one of their websites. We collected in advance and showed them all the live stats they could see of the visitors. And I'm showing this to them, and I start hearing this noise on the phone call like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. I can't believe we can see this. They started asking me all kinds of questions. How does it work? How do we install it? You know, Who are your clients? And of course, they had all the right kinds of questions. I had all the answers. There was so much chemistry on this phone call. It was like a love fest on the phone. You know what I'm talking about? They got the questions. You got the answer to yourself this is so good this is how sales should be you know so i was pretty excited an hour goes by they're happy the call comes to a close my guy says to me ari this is great we love it look give us a call a couple weeks follow up with us and we'll move this thing forward i was like oh yes thank you so happy and i said my goodbyes took my arm and my hand And I reached for the phone in the middle of the table. As I'm reaching for the off button on the speakerphone, by complete accident, I hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were right next to each other. A small click happened, and they thought I hung up the phone. In that split second, a voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side. Be a fly in the wall. Go where no one's ever gone before in the world of sales. So I pulled my (laughs) phone back just for a couple of seconds. They started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Now, this is not a trick question, but what would you imagine they would have said after a call like that, given how good it was?
0: I mean, yeah. So the idea from your perspective is it's going to be like, hey, like let's try to get the best deal possible, but we are doing this, right? Let's not be like, you know, overly engaged, but we're so interested in this product. But just by how you're telling the story, my guess is something else happened. <laughs> well, that's what you
1: were. You're right. You expect them to go, hey, this is great, but let me tell you what I heard for bed and word for word. I'll forget it. That's why we're all here today. What they said was this, they said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. Knife and heart twist. Alan, I was in a state of shock. I couldn't believe it. I snapped out of it. I hit the off button and I looked at the wall and said to myself, what did I do wrong? I did everything I was supposed to do in sales. I was positive. I presented well. I knew my stuff. I was confident. And the first big epiphany hit me, and that was this, the summer along the way, it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell, right? It's okay to say, it sounds good. Send me information. Yeah, we're definitely interested. Wait, send us a proposal without any intention of what? Of buying. And then I asked myself, why were they afraid to just tell me the truth? Why don't I just be up front? Why, why the whole game?
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: realized what the reason is because there is this invisible river of pressure that flows underneath every step of your sales process with someone. And if you don't remove that pressure from the process, they'll always feel comfortable holding back from you, not telling you the truth and making you chase them. And that became my whole unlock the game concept where the whole mindset shift is you let go of your goal of the sale and you focus on deep trust how to create this moment of vulnerability so they feel comfortable enough telling you upfront where you stand so you don't chase ghosts anymore and dehumanize yourself that became our whole revolution 20 years ago which is now all over the world
0: yeah that's crazy that's awesome so a few of the businesses that i own depend on door to door sales of all things more big time sales organizations and you know we had opened an office a few years ago in a particular city and everyone was so nice to our door-to-door salesmen. Like, and I have offices in Boston, Long Island, Detroit, some of the, kind of the, the tougher cities. And we were so excited because they were so nice. But we realized that they were taking up so much of our door-to-door sales time and then they would not be interested, right? And so it's after a while, like while the rookies, you know, the new salespeople, they were, you know, they were excited that people weren't being super rude to them on the doors. At the end of the day, like you'd rather them just say, you know what, not interested, slam the door, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Get to the truth.
0: Yeah. So I, I can totally see, you know, where you're coming from with this, you know, the social norm for people to, you know, not be clear about their intentions,
1: especially now in this economy. People are really, really holding back from people because they don't trust people who sell.
0: Really? What has this economy done that's made that change?
1: Well, I think people are much more fearful. They're also, they know the sales game. They know when they can sense someone who's after their own goal. They know it at hello when it's over. There are certain things that we do and say unconsciously that tells the other person, I'm here to move things towards a sale. When they feel that from you, it's over.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. So what do you see specifically in the sales process? What do you see that beginning entrepreneurs run into? What are the parts that they struggle with? Well, I
1: think where a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is their notion of what selling is, the definition of selling. They've probably been exposed to sales books and movies and the old sales gurus, just people out there who teach selling. And there's certain myths that are still being taught that holds entrepreneurs back. One is, you'll know this one, I'm sure, from your experience, is that sales is supposedly a numbers game. The more doors you knock on, the more contacts you make equals the more sales you make. Well, we discovered in this economy now, it's not how many contacts you make anymore. It's about how deep you go on each conversation, not how many people you call on the phone. The second myth is this idea that the sale is lost at the end of the process. I'm sure you've been there before where you had a deal pending. It all looked good. At the end, it just kind of like, Fell through. You're like, what happened? It was like the perfect. They were really going to do this. Well, I don't understand. It was like all good to go. Well, we discovered now this tale is not lost anymore. At the end of the process, it's now lost at the beginning. At hello, and I'll prove it to you right now for fun. If someone calls your office tomorrow morning and you pick up the phone and you hear, "Hi, my name is I'm with we are a," what goes through your mind about three seconds?
0: I got to get this guy off the phone.
1: (laughs) It's over at hello. And I'll make the case today that many of your listeners and viewers are losing their opportunities or will be soon at the beginning of their process and not the end if they don't shift their thinking to understand trust is created and broken at the beginning. And the last myth is the idea of rejection that rejection is part of the process. You got to be tough, you got to be strong, you got to be thick skinned. If you don't have thick skin, you're not made for success as an entrepreneur. If you can't, get a, you can't get knocked back up a couple of times, you're not made for success. Well, we discovered, believe it or not, that rejection actually is triggered by certain things things that you say and do in your sales process that causes the other person to push back on you. We'll talk about those today. And those are the three myths that I think if you can flip your mind on that will release a lot of the pressure from people being afraid to, to move forward.
0: Okay, go through those again. Just list the myths. One, two, three sales is a numbers game. Nope. It's
1: about detrust. Two, sales loss at the end of the process. Nope. It's now a loss at the beginning. And three, rejection is part of the sales processing game. You have to accept it. Nope. You don't have to trigger it if you don't want or experience it at all.
0: Gotcha. So let's kind of talk about those in order here just a little bit. So number one, so you're saying sales is not a numbers game. Well, a lot of sales people have been brought up to believe that if they make a hundred calls today,
1: and that'll improve their chances of getting a hit, of making something happen. Well, that's because they're focused on how many contacts they make. They're not having a skill set on how to go deep on each call quickly to build enough trust to see if it's a fit or not. They're just going service level only, they're not going deep.
0: So, what's the remedy or what's the antithesis of sales is a numbers game? What do entrepreneurs do? Because sales are so important throughout any type of business, any type of entrepreneurial endeavor. And some really good companies fell super early on because of a lack of sales. Cash flow is the... Lack of cash flow is the number one reason why businesses fail. And new businesses especially, man, they have a hard time getting new clientele and growing their top-line revenue. So what can an early entrepreneur, somebody that's just getting started what can they focus on instead of just treating sales like a numbers game?
1: Sure. Well, the first thing they have to do is they have to let go of their own goal of making the sale. You got to detach from the outcome and you got to be hundred percent focused on their problem, not your solution. You have to go into the conversation like a doctor, you know, like a doctor patient relationship where you're diagnosing their problem. You're not saying, Hey, Look what I've got. It's fantastic. It'll change the world. It's amazing. You see, the minute you start doing that, they're thinking to themselves, all he cares about is himself. He doesn't care yeah. about me. It's yeah. well, when you go when you go see a doctor, do they say, Have I got medicine for you? It's fantastic. It's got this. No, they say to you, where does it hurt? And then you say right over here, my shoulder. And they say, let me take a look over here. Oh, oh, wow. I think we got to do an x-ray, and MRI, take a look at that to make sure we really understand what's going on so I can decide what to prescribe to you. But in sales, what do we do? Once we find a qualified prospect, we say, hey, if I got, wait, let me say what I've got. Oh my God, we can totally help you with that.
0: Yeah, so I mean, sometimes, and I think you're 100% right. And I have some salespeople that are 100% commissioned Right. And so basically, they are going from house to house and they have a hammer and they're looking for a nail. Right. And so, how do salespeople kind of change that mentality of, I've got this one size fits all, I'm focusing on the solution before I even hear what's going on? How do they change that? Because I mean, that's their job is to sell something, right? Like, how do they kind of transform that into, I'm a problem solver, I'm not a salesman? So, the way saleswoman. you begin the
1: transformation is you use what we call our trust-based languaging. We invented our own body of work around how to connect with people using certain words and phrases that activate this in real time. So, they can experience it live. People don't believe it's possible. People believe, well, if I don't focus on my goal, how am I going to make the sale? Because That's their own old conditioning. It's all they know, Right. So let me give you an example of some of our language that you can use or people can use to test this to see how it actually works. So you can understand the reverse process of how it actually brings people to you versus chase them away. Let's say you're having a first call with somebody over the phone. Good First conversation, they're qualified with chemistry, looks like a good fit, call comes to a close. Usually in sales, we say things like what? At the end of a call like that. We say things like, hey, how about we get yeah, together, follow- move forward, Next step. See, we're conditioned to move things where? Forward, right? Right. That's our sales conditioning. But what happens if you attempt to move things forward and they aren't ready yet? What do you break with them right there in the beginning of your process? You break trust right there and then early on. So same scenario, okay? Our mindset and our languaging. So call is going well, good chemistry, could be a good fit, call comes to a close, Brian's saying, hey, this is great. Why don't we get together? Why don't we move forward? What we say instead is this we say, where do you think we should go from here? And I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here?
0: I think that's great. And a lot of these things are kind of counterintuitive in some ways, right? But I think that evokes an honest response.
1: What usually happens is when you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? They're usually in a state of shock. They can't believe somebody would ask them what they want to go. They're so yeah. used to being pulled down a sales process and their guards up the whole time. And it becomes a battle. But When you say to somebody, where do you think we should go from here? Usually they say things like, I've got one more question. Or well, what about this? What comes out is the truth. And that's yeah. your new goal. Your goal is to uncover the truth early on to see if you're fit or not. We're just trying to pull them down this long process, which they know is for your goal only.
0: I love that. So number two, we lose the cell at the beginning, right? How do we avoid that?
1: Well, we have to, first of all, before we engage someone new, we have to shift our thinking Say to ourselves, I'm a doctor, they're a patient. I've got to first go find the problem, not just come in and make assumptions yeah. that they are going to need my solution. That's the mistake that we make. We step on our own toes because what happens is when we speak with someone and we can sense they're interested, we leap on that opportunity. We go, oh, wait, oh, God, let me show. I've... Oh, see, our instinct is to start presenting as soon as we can. So we're afraid if we don't do that, we're going to lose a sale. We're under constant anxiety, constant tension, worrying we're going to lose something. And we carry what we call sales armor around us. The sale is a visible shield to protect us from the bullets. We know we're going to battle every day. When you guys knock on the door, they're getting ready to get teed up for that note. Oh, exactly. yeah. They're pumped up. They're like, yeah, buddy, come at me. It's like, and what happens that shield? forces them to cover their authenticity, to be their actual self. And now people can sense that they're onto something. And that's when the whole thing flops.
0: Yeah, I've heard this concept of people don't want to be sold. And so you don't really want to come across as a salesman. Is that kind of incorporated into this concept a little bit? You
1: want to eliminate and extract every single sales behavior that sends the message of selling.
0: Wow, that's so like the complete opposite of everything I've learned, right? Everything I've, you know, you read sales books and these concepts that you're bringing up are so different, right?
1: I'll learn you in advance. All of my material is very contrarian. It's the opposite of how we've been conditioned to define what selling is. And that's the innovation, the disruption. The innovation is if you can change your approach so it's unique in itself, that's how you make the sale. Not by your product. And the psychology is, they care less about how you solve their problem. They care more about if you're the one to solve it or not. They're asking themselves the entire time, Do I trust him? Do I trust him? Do I? They're not looking at the sheet, looking at your product, and saying, Oh, is that good for me? Uh, Yeah, no. We think that's what it's about. We think they're evaluating our product. Man, they aren't qualified to evaluate your product. They're not the expert. Who are they to judge your product? They don't know better. All they know is do they trust you or not? That's all they have
0: control of. I love it. Yeah. So let's talk about this third myth, right? That rejection is just part of the sales process. I want to hear more about that. I want, I mean, it, it just seems to make sense, right? That it is.
1: Well, see, the thing is, we don't realize it, but we unconsciously are creating that rejection. We're triggering it. I'll give you an example. I'll ask, your listeners right now, to remove one key phrase forever from the vocabulary never use it again after he is recording. And if you've been sales for a long time, this might hurt just a bit. Hopefully that's okay. I'm going to ask all your listeners and viewers to never again use the phrase follow-up ever again as of today. What's the only industry that calls and says, hi, I'm giving you a call to follow-up? Who does that?
0: Uh, I don't know. Talk sales people. I- oh, sales <laughs> okay. 101.
1: There's a, oh, few oh, more class- There's a few more classic ones. Remember the old days? I'm giving you a call to touch base.
0: Touch base. Yeah. Checking Check in. in. Yeah, yeah, you got
1: it. You still got those old school ones. Yeah, too. See, we're yep. so conditioned. And the minute you say to somebody, hi, I'm giving you a call to follow up. What are they thinking?
0: Yeah, you're trying to sell me something, right? It's over right there. Rejection is
1: triggered because you use languaging that says, hi, I'm here to sell you something.
0: Uh-huh. So.
1: You replace that with our language, and here it is now. You say this. You say, I'm giving you a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation, any feedback feedback on our last meeting, any feedback on our demo. See, feedback's going not towards a sale. It's going where? The opposite direction. Your job is not to create momentum forward. Hmm. When You put momentum on people. That puts pressure on people. Your job is to take the pressure out of the process and go backwards.
0: That's crazy. That's like the exact opposite, right? We hear ABC, right? Always be closing, right? That's crazy.
1: Never again follow that material. All that thinking is the problem because think about Mm -hmm. it. They've got a problem. You've got a solution, right? Direct line of sight. Very clear. What gets in the middle of that? Us. We fumble right. the ball. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. So anyways, we lay in all this relationship building stuff, which we know is fake anyways. They don't want to become your friend. We were so used to this whole relationship. Like when you see a doctor, do they build a relationship with you? No. They know wow. the minute they do that, you won't comply with their recommendation. You'll just go, well, look, we're friends. Come on. And the social part eliminates that whole process. I'm working on right now on a bumper sticker for my clients. You know what the bumper sticker is going to say? It's going to have four words on it. It's going to say, doctors don't do coffee.
0: Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, and the concept's true. Now the question is, I can hear my listeners like kind of screaming in their cars or, you know, on the treadmill, wherever they are. Then how do I get to sell? If I don't ask for the sell, how do I get to sell? Because at the end of the day, I've got to keep the lights on. At the end of the day, I'm struggling to pay my employees. So, how do I do it? You can still be ambitious
1: and still have your goals, but you can't send that pressure to the other person in your process.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So,
1: you have to be present with them. You have to focus on their world, not your world. You have to know what questions to ask, to unpack their issues so they own their own problem. You have to ask this question as well. You have to say, is this a priority for you to solve once and for all, or are you happy to let it go and deal with the issue over time? I'm okay either way.
0: Yeah. That reminds me, I, I read in a book somewhere to get somebody to respond to you, a great email like subject line is, have you given up on this project or something like that? Because what you're doing is you're putting the ball in their court, taking off the pressure, right? You're giving them an out for them to say, yes, I am. Right. But like studies have shown that that response or that subject or that message gets more of a response than saying something like, you know, 15% off for today only or whatever.
1: Yeah. If you could anchor your sales process at the deepest levels of their problems, you don't have to close them. They on their own will say to you, how can you help me?
0: Gotcha. So you're saying... Your job is to address the issues and let them come to you and say, what's the next step?
1: Your job is to unpack the issues, amplify them, help them understand the impact of not solving their problems, and asking the definitive question, which is, is this a priority to solve or not? That's called going down the iceberg. We teach our clients how to be able to have the prospect own the problem prior to them wanting to solve it. See, it's like a therapist and a patient. If the patient doesn't own their own problem and they're the worst patients that drag them through. But when they own the problem, they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm ready to deal with this. Let's go and solve it together. But what do we do? In sales, the minute we hear they got a problem, we go, oh, woo, I got, it's perfect, they're qualified. Yes, I got something for you. And then we, we, we ruin the whole thing right there because they know they're being taken through a sales process.
0: I love it. Ari, this is fantastic. Where can my listeners find out more about you, more about all the great things that you're doing to help people? Best place to go is
1: unlockthegame.com. Just like it sounds, unlockthegame.com. My books are on there. There's a free course on there, a consultation for free as well. And I have a new book coming out next year called The One Call Sale, which we can talk about if you want next year, which talks about how to compress the sales cycle from multiple steps to one single step. I also have a show once a month called Stump the Guru on social media where you can log in, ask me a live question and try and stop me with your toughest question in front of a live audience.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Ari, it's been a pleasure. You know, the depth of your knowledge is clear. And so I encourage my listeners to reach out, especially, you know, those struggling to kind of get over the hump early on with getting new clientele. You know, to start building the foundation of sales with their company. Thanks for joining us today, Ari. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember we build the future one entrepreneur at a time.